This is Suzanne York from Humans Optimized. We believe that advances in technology, coupled with elevated human skills, create immense opportunity in the future of work. Now, with the upheaval of COVID-19, our future has quickly become today's reality. Through the uncertainty, fear, and concern of the pandemic, we find stories of human resilience, innovation, and hope. Join us as we share our experiences, discuss what may be ahead, and explore together how we can come back stronger than we were before. Hi, I'm Suzanne York from Humans Optimized. I've recently had a chance to partner with The Art of Growth in helping individuals, teams, and organizations move through times of transformation. Well, with COVID-19, we are in an amazing time of transformation. So I'd like to welcome both Joel Hubbard and Jim Zartman to the conversation. Hey, thank you so much for... uh having us and being with us since this is going to exist in a few different places. So, yeah. No, we're pretty excited about what, this. What a what a great time yeah. to talk about things that actually, you know, really matter. Right. Absolutely. Well, I know a lot about Art of Growth, but could you share with us um, the background and what you do for your clients and the work that you do together? Mm. The Art of Growth is sort of a, an accident, um, and we never anticipated what would take place. Uh, we began with putting out some podcasts on um, transformation, personal growth, and development, and uh, through the lens of the Enneagram, which is a uh, fairly popular and becoming more popular psychometric tool. Um, and it has been to our great surprise, uh, successful. Like people are really downloading these podcasts. And so we've been reached out to, and in the process of my own certification, I was reached out to by a lot of clients wanting coaching. So uh, Jim and I said, well, then let's jump in both feet. And uh, we began to develop this. And uh, he and I have been coaching people now for a couple of years. So it's been, it's been quite a journey. Yeah, we try to focus on looking at people's core motivations because a lot of times in both the individual world and in the business world, people who, if you don't know the motivations of the people around you, you can't motivate them. You don't know how to speak to them in a way that it helps them communicate back to you. And so it's really a tool to help people see the different lenses that people work through and see their life through. And in that, you're going to see how people face situations like this. You're going to see how people interact with each other on a team. Um, and all of these things kind of come together and they're this amalgamation of um, what I call the wisdom industry um, because we've had enough of the information industry, the technology industry, and we really need the the wisdom industry to move as smarter human beings interacting together to solve more complicated problems. And so what we do is help individuals and teams figure out how to utilize the best strengths of the individuals and the teams to find out those solutions. And in stable times, that is really useful in helping teams become more effective. And here we are in one of the most uncertain times that any of us has experienced in our life. So tell me more about what it's been like for you and for your clients to experience COVID-19. Well, one of the biggest ones is that teams can't really meet together, at least physically. And it's created us a whole sort of new, I guess, dynamic. And so with it comes new problems, new challenges, but also new opportunities and uh, perhaps even new ways of connecting that uh, might be 
uh, better than before. So this this is all uncharted territory for I think companies and absolutely definitely uncharted. And Jim, you mentioned about the Enneagram giving us some insight into human reactions to mm. to moments like this. So tell us a little more about the range of reactions and how people might think of them in relationship to their view of the world. Well, everyone responds to these things so differently, not just based on their type, but also their circumstance. So um, some people are immediately concerned about the human connections and not being able to connect in the way they they should. Some people are immediately feeling like under-resourced because they don't have um, either the physical or the information they need or, you know, and some people are, are freaked out because they don't know what the next right thing to do is. And all of those things are, are happening simultaneously depending on their context. So, you know, since we work with this wide range of people, you have people that are really concerned. They're losing work. They're getting laid off. They're concerned about their just basic needs being met. And then you have other people who are really concerned and 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 upset because they're having to make really hard decisions as far as who to lay off during this time. Um, are there ways that they could bring them back in a certain amount of time? Like how do we make the organization sustainable for the people who can stay on because it doesn't help if the whole ship goes down and then everyone loses out. So it's like trying to – they're trying to navigate um, these complicated situations and there's such a blend of things that can happen, both – you know, they're – their, their type, their Enneagram type or their fixation and also the way that uh, the context that they're in uh, and the situation of, of are they coming from a place of authority where they have to make really difficult decisions and navigating that as best they can with a clear conscience so that they know they're going to look back on this time and they want to know they handled it well. But they're also preparing and, and being you know future-minded for how we move in it, how we move through it, and then how we move out of it. And I think all of those things really make uh, a difference in, in trying to help people navigate you know, that environment. As it is, normal human beings under normal conditions still function in these automatic patterns that they're unaware of most of the time, right? And so those create problems sometimes. They also create incredible outcomes. But the problems that they create generally are, are, are relational, right? So these challenges relationally between people. Well, now add COVID-19, add the effects that this is having on, on people, companies, individuals. And now people are really unaware and leaning more so into their type. And, and so there's this like reactivity. I've heard uh, CEOs say that they are so consumed with what they have to do in the next moment. There's very little time for self-reflection, right? Mm. So this is the space a lot of people are, are in. And our hope is to create just little slivers of openings where you can breathe into that and think a little bit more broadly so that you're not just completely in reaction, but maybe even able to turn some of this into something good, something good could, can emerge. Uh, Absolutely. Season, so. well, we're hearing of incredible stories of human resilience and innovation through this. You see companies that normally will manufacture a certain item like or a certain device who are now turning to manufacturing masks and respirators. Mm -hmm. And so the degree of teamwork and collaboration that needs to go into shifting your product and what you create inside your own factories is incredible. And so the mission is really clear. 
in some cases for teams. And the the desire to work together is stronger than ever. So in some cases, these moments of challenge are met with clarity and ease of decision-making because there are fewer choices. So operating under those circumstances, I would imagine, would be something that we'd want to continue forward, meaning continuing to give clarity, continuing to have priority over Mm -hmm. our resources, and knowing what is the right thing to do. Um, that doesn't always exist when when we're trying to navigate times that that don't necessarily have a clear mission. Well, it's hard and it makes it complicated and it and it puts us in a difficult place. But you have to look at history. Anytime you look at history, you see like this is what we do. The world falls apart. The world as we know it ends and we rebuild something better. This is what we always do as people. Like I was just watching this thing on on Lisbon, Portugal, how they went through this incredible devastation in the mid-1700s. There was earthquakes that hit so bad that they destroyed most of the town. And right on the back of that earthquake, a tsunami hit. And most of it was devastated. But on the back end of it, they built it even more beautiful, more strong, earthquake-resistant buildings, you know, that had not existed to that point. Um, It's an incredible place that tourists want to go from all over the world, and they want to come and see this incredible place. You can still see the signs of destruction. You can still see buildings where the the wall of water hit it and what it did to that building. And what's left of it was then built around stronger. Like this is what we do as people. And whenever we're coaching or working with an organization or a person, like this is the forefront of our mind. We build stronger on the back end of devastation. That's what we do. It's how we're wired. And when people become overly pessimistic saying like, no, the the sky is just going to fall and it's going to be over. That's not realism. Everything is going to be fine. Also not realism. Mm. Things are not going to be fine and then we're going to do better. Is the reality that we have proven over and over and over again and it will continue to be the case. And so what we're trying to do in our work is to live in anticipation of that mm. and to coach in anticipation of that mm. because it is the ultimate reality. Yeah. I mean, you're spot on that. We, we're in the middle of a really challenging time because we can't yet move forward. You know, we're stuck in this moment of needing to to stay, literally stay at home and, and stay apart. And the desire for the human capacity for creating and building better hasn't yet been able to kick in. It can't kick in yeah. collectively, but it still can kick in on a foundational level. And I, I always think of this in terms of like seasons of expansion and contraction. Seasons of expansion is what we like, especially as Americans. We have more connections. We have more influence. All of that goes out. But seasons of contraction is when the deep work is done. It's the foundational work. So even though people are pulled apart and they're isolated, this is a good time for building a foundation. This is a good time to design that plan that has been in the back of your mind that you know would be helpful to people that's sort of been sitting on the shelf. Mm. Now is the time to put the things that have been put on hold for years because of the immediate was so present, like pull that, pull that stuff out. Start to design that stuff. Start to write about it. Start to build the website. You're at home and if you have time, like build the foundational stuff that you know will serve the future reality. I think you're spot on. The people who are going to shine bright through this are the ones, and the companies as well, are the ones who are looking at this through a lens of what can I learn, what can I take from this, and how can I deliberately bring it forward? 
And it's not easy to find that in the moments where we're fearful. We're worried about ourselves, we're worried about our families and the economy and the ripple effect that this will have. And the ability to be present to what's happening right now and the opportunity that that gives us to come back stronger, I do think that that will differentiate the people in the companies who come through this. Companies have long been exposed to emotional intelligence as a critical, now not optional, but a really important awareness, intelligence. We need it more than ever before. Emotional intelligence means that we have access to our own emotions, but also awareness of the emotions of people around us. Depending upon your personality type, you may feel the need to shut that down during the season because you're so consumed by what has to be done or you're you're anxious. Um, you may be uh, in charge of a department and all you're thinking about is I've got to I've got to survive and I've got to protect the, these people. I've got to serve these people. I got to I got to help them too. And the higher levels of intuition, smarts capacity to see, to respond, the nimbleness that we need as leaders comes from this ability to access both our rational mind, but also our emotional center, as well as our body center, the gut, the intuition, right? Uh, Many CEOs have described this sort of, I just knew, I had this knower, you know, I just knew we had to do this and move in this direction, right? But that starts to get crazy during this season where now it's like uh, either you're firing constantly on this intuition level and you're starting to make misses and get things wrong um, or you've gone completely asleep to it and all you're doing is forecasting the future. You're anxious. You're trying to anticipate what's coming around and then react to that. And what we're trying to do is to help people to say, you can access all three centers and actually make smart decisions during the season, even now, as difficult as that can be. And there are ways to do that. And if you do so, then it does prepare you to respond to the season and not just react. I think that's spot on in terms of being able to lead in a different way than maybe you ever have before and to allow others to lead too. I know that we're seeing moments of leadership from from teams and team members that are really unique. And so the, the teams that are finding new and different ways to connect when they're apart is likely driven by leadership shown from someone that's in an unexpected way. And so for leaders now to find those strengths within your team members to innovate Uh, in a moment where we're trying to solve hard problems and having to be apart while we do that. One of the areas I think you, Suzanne, are are quite good at is in the area of thinking about team and thinking about how teams can function well. Um, And you as a change management expert have often worked with companies helping them to go through changes, uh, technological changes, you know, corporate changes of just, you know, shifts around in departments and so on. You've you've navigated those with teams and you've discovered that when teams grab a hold of something, they can actually really become in- incredible and really powerful and create more as a result of functioning together. In this season, 
um, I know it's also your hope, and I think you have vision around this. Like we still can do this. Like yeah. you, you companies still can do this. Like, it's just because it's it's through Zoom now it doesn't ruin that. Like there's there's even greater perhaps opportunity now. Yeah, without right, a doubt. Zoom. So I'd love to hear your thoughts around that. Where where there's could be more team building even in seasons where there's a little bit of a downturn, where it's not yeah. so much production driven, but now maybe there's times for could we have collaboration? Could we have brainstorming? Could we have conversation to help? each other connect um, in a deeper way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the work that I do with teams, it's centered around the idea that teams who are clear on their mission and committed to one another, not necessarily to the mission because the mission could change, but they're committed to one another, are high-performing. And mm, So this, there's a clarity and then a commitment. So the clarity on the mission, but the commitment is really to each other. 100%. Got and it. this example, this time is an example of that, where many teams, their mission was one thing, the, the literal or figurative day before the pandemic hit, and their mission had to quickly change. Mm. And had they been solely committed to that mission, they would have struggled to come together around a new, uh, a new goal that they had. But instead, having developed their commitment to one another allowed them to be nimble and shift their focus towards a new mission in this time of of difficulty, having created that commitment to one another. And so in this time, focusing on how do we commit to one another so that in this time of uncertainty, we can be nimble in our mission and yet still set that vision. And the vision may not be this fiscal year, we're going to achieve X, Y, and Z, the new vision that leaders need to create might be this week, this is what winning looks like. Mm. Next week, this is what success Mm. is going to look like. And allowing for teams to rally around the near term, knowing that they eventually we will get through this and come out stronger in the end. I can see how that would give a sense of lowered level of anxiety for teams if if there's like this is what success looks like this is what yeah. this week looks like. it, it it kind of brings down that like uh, what do we do and who are yes. we and what's happening to more focus and action absolutely um, yeah. yeah the teams the teams that are able to put their talents to use right now to the problems at hand and to connect with one another along the way will come out of this stronger Um, because of the deliberate approach they're Mm -hmm. taking. If we're too focused on, well, what is the ripple effect? What will happen when we come out of this? That anxiety could become a paralyzing factor. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for leaders today, it is about getting the best out of people in this moment by recognizing that there could be some surprises that you don't anticipate in, in your teams. There could be people who you as a leader have a lens through which you're viewing the situation, and you may find that others on the team have very different views. And it's tapping into the emotional intelligence of leaders to be able to to be there with your team and help motivate them into action by by setting the container and the vision for them to do their best work, even when the situation is less than ideal. Well, if you think about when people tell the story of their company – that inspires you, you never hear the story of like, well, I did this and it was amazing. And then I did this and it worked out perfectly. And then Hmm. I went over here and did this and everybody loved it. Like that's not a story that gets to anyone. That's not the movies we want to watch. Like a person, they went after it and they succeeded the first time. There's no movie. There's no story. You have to go through this arc when people tell the story and they get excited about telling their story of it's how they 
hit a wall and they were trying to start this thing and they're like living on their friend's couch with 13 cents in their account. But then they pushed through and then they were able to make this thing happen over here and it almost fell through but came at the last minute. When people tell their story, it's all about the struggle and that's actually where the juice was for them. Um, Orson Welles has this great quote where he says, the enemy of art is the absence of limitation. The enemy of creation is the absence mm. of limitation. Mm. When totally. there are no limitations, like when we just kind of have everything we need all the time, there's no innovation. There's no development. There's no next thing that is the, the brilliant breakthrough. When people tell their story, we get inspired by the hero's journey for a reason. When they have to go through the trials and tribulation, they eventually go into the absolute abyss, which we haven't even hit yet, the absolute low point. It's only after that can the the sort of the hero emerge? Can the the new life exist? Can we actually find something within us that we never knew it was there? There is an optimism, I think, in that, in knowing that um, that will be the reality for a lot of people. Yeah, there's absolutely. I think that that is that's well described. And when I think about leaders and what they can do right now, and helping them understand that that motivation looks different than normal. Mm-hmm giving them some tools to think about what does motivate people. If we could tell them about the core motivations and how to leverage that new knowledge in motivating their teams right now. Mm. Describe for us you know, what might someone who's motivated um, from, a, from a head center do and how can leaders give them the space to do their best work right now mm. and do the same for the heart-centered and the body-centered. Mm. Yeah, and just real quick descriptions of those. The... Um, the heart-centered people are – they're looking outward um, and they're concerned with the world outside of themselves. They're, they're concerned with the, the other and the people and the relational interactions. The head center, there's, they're thinking a lot about you know, resource, having enough um, resources physically, having enough knowledge, having enough you know, freedom. Um, you know, and the body centers are worried about like what is the next right thing to do, the next right action, the gut intuition of that. Um, if you want to give a little more on those, yeah. Yeah. Your teams are going to have a mix of, of as Jim just described, um, all three. You think about the heart connection people, as Jim was saying, they're, they're definitely externally focused. But they're also focused on, on connection, like how are we doing? And those are the questions that motivate heart types, as we describe them, more so than even a paycheck, although that's important, right? Mm. So if you were to define success, success looks way different from one person to the next. And finances is something we all share in common. We need it right, to survive. At some level, it does become important. But if you want to tap into the deepest motivation for heart-centered people, it's about connection. And so if you're a smart CEO, you're going to look at that and say, huh, how do I utilize now these incredibly brilliant connecting people at producing this better connection that I myself may not see how to do, right? So now you're leveraging their strength, their genius. You take head type people, they tend to, as Jim described, resource, knowledge, information, data. There's also anticipation, anticipation of the future, mm. what's coming around the corner. And they tend to have uh, bigger visionary um, minds in that sense. Does This is not about intelligence. This is about um, just capacity or processing, right? So this is a, a head center. So they tend to anticipate the future, try to make sense of things, patterns, 
So great, what do you see? It's a great question to ask people that tend more towards that space. What do you see? What are you noticing? What are you observing? Could you give me some, some data on this, you know, some research on this? Um, you're leveraging their strengths. That's how they're already bent. That's their bend, right? So now you're, you're saying to them, don't try to be something else. I want you to do that, and I want you to contribute to the team in this way. Uh, to body-center people who tend to think more in terms of action, right action, but they're very, they also tend to see in structure and organization and to trust that they will come up with action steps that should be taken based upon what the heart center people have brought to the surface, what the head center people have brought to the surface. And now you're having this collaboration and they can work together and create something even bigger and better than what was there before. Um, now, these are just the three centers. Then, of course, within the three centers, there's three types who are driven by more unique sort of motivations, um, and that gets a bit uh, deeper in something that, you know, would need more conversation around. But that's generally the idea of what tends to happen when we're looking at these three centers and leveraging their motivation as opposed to trying to say – to, to, to just – throw one at them, which is like, you know, here's what success looks like. It's monetary. Here's what success looks like. It's, it's uh, prestige. It's a position, a new position, a new title. Um, that doesn't always work for everyone. Right. So in this time of uncertainty and challenge for all of us, how we come through this stronger than ever, I believe, starts with redefining that mission for our team, getting and staying committed to one another, and leveraging our insights about how we are motivated from a core mm. will help leaders really galvanize their teams through this moment in time. Mm. And it's those teams that can come out stronger in the end that will help drive the resilience and innovation that we need through this pandemic. Mm. Thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love to share your stories to help all of us come back stronger than we were before. For more information and to contact us, visit www.humansoptimized.com.